please turn to Psalm 63. Psalm 63. This is one of my favorite psalms. Praise the Lord. A psalm of David. It can be divided into two sections. The first section, verses 1 through 8, is David's great love and desire for his God. And verses 9 through 11, his anticipation of his deliverance from his enemies. This psalm is also a prayer of David, in which he declares his great love and devotion to his God. Amen. He's not telling us about his love for God. He's telling the Lord. Amen. He's reminding the Lord how much he loved him yes. and how much he desired his presence Amen. and his devotion. The superscript of this psalm tells us that it was written in the wilderness of Judah. <laughs> When David was in that wilderness, we might think that it was when David was being pursued by Saul because he was in the wilderness of Judah at that time. We will also notice in verse 11 that David was king when he wrote this psalm. So it wasn't when he was being pursued by Saul. Perhaps it was when he was being pursued by Absalom. And he was again in that wilderness, pursued by his son to take his life. And so he was away from Jerusalem at this time, writing this psalm, reminding the Lord how much he loved him and how much he desired to be back in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord. David often experienced trouble, and this psalm is no different. Usually, David would ask the Lord for deliverance, but in this psalm, he does not do that. He does not directly ask the Lord for deliverance. He rather reminds the Lord how great he loves him and knowing that the Lord would give him that deliverance because of his great devotion and dedication to the Lord. This psalm sets David apart from most others in this world. He was a man who loved his God exceedingly. And wouldn't the Lord love him in return? He had a heart devoted, dedicated with great zeal for his God. That's right. The Lord loved David because of that. And the Lord set David up as the pinnacle of measurement for his kings after him in Judah and Israel. David was the best of the best. He was the top in God's idea and ideal. Indeed, he was a man after God's own heart, because of his great love and devotion to his God. Let's read the psalm together. Rather, follow me as I read it. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, 
and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Amen. Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. Right. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Every one that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. O God, thou art my God. Right. David begins with a bold declaration that the God of Israel was his God, that the true and living God was his God, that Jehovah, the creator of heaven and earth, was his God. Notice his boldness. Notice his confidence that God would be his God. All true believers should be able to do this. We should all be able to say with David, O God, Thou art my God. We should not hold back. We should confidently, boldly make this declaration. David was not laying claim to this God as the God of his fathers or the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No, David was declaring that this God was his God. And he was owning and claiming this God as his own. With this opening declaration of devotion to God, David then embarks upon the next eight verses in which he reminds the Lord why he is his God. David could make this claim because of what he's going to tell us in his zeal and devotion to his God. Many men make the claim that God is my God, but their lives don't support it, not like David's did. David could make that claim because he had truly great zeal and great love for his God. David begins by saying, Early will I seek thee. David committed himself to seeking the Lord, Lord early. Early as in the day. Early in the morning. The sense of this would be to seek the Lord early. The night is past. The day has started. David would seek the Lord in prayer and communion early in the day. There's also the sense of priority and eagerness. David was eager to seek the Lord. And he made it his priority to seek the Lord. This was the top thing, the first priority in David's life, that is to seek his God. There was nothing else to seek. Oh, David had other things in his life, of course. He was king. He was a busy man. But this was the top priority of David's life, to seek his God to seek him early. He didn't just seek him early. He sought him all the day long. We find later on in this psalm that he sought him in the night seasons. David sought him early and at noon and the evening and at night. That was David. That's how David loved his God. He goes on, My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee. In a dry and thirsty land, where no water is. As you've already noted, David was in the the wilderness of Judah, 
a dry land. Not much water there, parched. David noted the dryness of that land. And so it's appropriate that he would make the analogy of his soul thirsting after God. He was probably thirsty himself as a man, looking for water in that place. But the great need of his soul, the great need of his heart, was his God. And so he thirsted for the Lord. My flesh longeth for thee. Not only his soul, his flesh, the entirety of David's being, longed for and desired his God. He greatly desired his God. Verse 2, to see thy power in thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. There in the wilderness of Judah, David remembered the sanctuary of God, the tabernacle, the congregational worship, as we do this day. David remembered that as being special. That's where God was worshipped. And David wanted to return to that place to worship God and to see him there in his power and glory in the tabernacle, in the sanctuary. He was hoping, he was counting on the Lord to return him to that place again. That's what he wanted. That's what, that was the focus of his life. His desire toward God, his desire to see God, to glory in God, to rejoice in God, to fellowship with his God. Where else would he want to be? He was away from Jerusalem, not because of his own effort. He'd been driven there, we believe, but he wanted to return to see the Lord in the tabernacle there in Jerusalem. Verse 4, thus, excuse me, verse 3, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. David considered the presence and glory and devotion of his God better than the whole of life, better than the natural joys that he enjoyed in life, and there were many. He was a father. He was a king. He enjoyed the fine things of life, but they were not important to David. He enjoyed his fellowship, his time with the Lord, as more, much more important than the things that he had in life. And because of that, my lips shall praise thee. David didn't just acknowledge that the Lord was more important to him. He wanted to praise the Lord. And indeed, that is the story of David's life, of praise the Lord for what the Lord had done for him and who the Lord was. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live, in verse 4. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Because of what came in verse 3, him enjoying and appreciating the loving kindness of his God, he goes on, thus will I bless thee while I live. David would not just praise the Lord in verse 3 at that moment, but he committed himself to praising and blessing the Lord his whole life, as long as he lived, as long as the Lord gave him strength and breath and life, he would bless the Lord. I will lift up my hands in thy name. And here, David, a gesture that we may not do in this church, although some churches do, he worshiped the Lord by lifting up his hands and praising the Lord for his loving kindness toward him, for his presence that he enjoyed. Looking at verses 5 and 6, my soul shall be satisfied as with, as with marrow and fatness, Amen. and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Meditation was an important part 
of David's worship and enjoyment of his God. He was busy. Of course he was. He was king. And although he might have had a day full of activity and responsibilities from morning till evening, yet in the quiet of the night upon his bed, he would meditate upon his God and rejoice in God his Savior. David found time. He made time to meditate, to rejoice in his God. The psalmist found great satisfaction in doing this, as as the verses tell us. Great satisfaction. He enjoyed musing upon his God. Marrow and fatness are not things that we would describe this day as being favorable, as desirable. But in David's time, that was the best of the best. The best of the flock, marrow and fatness. That was luxurious living for David. And so he associated the satisfaction of his heart in meditating upon God with marrow and fatness. And so he would praise the Lord with joyful lips, being satisfied, having enjoyed the meditation upon his bed, he would break forth in praise to his God. He might have sung upon his bed. Can you imagine that? I'm sure many of us do. But David was a great man. He loved his God. And hey, if Paul and Silas could sing in the Philippian jail, could not David sing upon his bed in devotion to his God. While sentries watched for the safety of the king, so David meditated upon his God. Verse 7, Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. The psalmist recalls the Lord's help in days gone by. He doesn't just focus upon his current dilemma, his current problems. He remembers how the Lord has blessed him and helped him and delivered him in times past. Oh, he focuses on that. And he realizes that as the Lord has helped him before, so the Lord will help him in the future. Although he was in the wilderness of Judah, apart from Jerusalem, pursued by those that sought his life, Yet he knew that he was in the shadow of the Lord's wings, and he therefore did rejoice in that. He knew that he was under the shadow of the Almighty, even though there were those pursuing his life. And this all began when he remembered those things that the Lord had done for him in the past. May we do that. May we remember upon our beds all day long what the Lord has done for us. I rejoiced this week to see that there had been remembrance made of those things the Lord has done for us, rejoicing in those good things, remembering them. The Lord wants us to, and and David did, and he rejoiced in those good things. Verse 8, my soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. Here David uses military language to describe his desire for his God. To follow hard after someone was to put out an all-out effort to catch and overtake an enemy and to kill them. We read in the Old Testament that the Philistines followed hard upon Saul and his sons, and they took them and killed them. So David 
pursued the Lord with an all-out effort. It was his whole heart's desire. He put out great zeal and enthusiasm to seek his God and to find him, to be with him, to enjoy his presence, to enjoy his fellowship. Yet at the same time, he acknowledges that he is totally dependent upon the Lord to uphold him. David may have put out great effort, great zeal for his God, yet he knew that if the Lord withdrew his hand, David would fail, and David would not be able to pursue the Lord as he wanted to. It was dependent on the Lord upholding him. And Paul said that same thing. Paul said that he labored more abundantly than all the apostles, yet it was only by the grace of God that he did so. In verses 9 through 11, But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. Even as David sought the Lord, there were those that were seeking David's life at this time. He was king but there were those that sought to kill him. But David was not that bothered. He was not overwhelmed by the opposition, by his enemies. He rejoiced in God. This psalm bears forth. This is what he wrote in these circumstances. His great desire, his passion, his love for his God. And it says, the king shall rejoice in God. He wasn't worried about his enemies. He knew the Lord would take care of them, but he would continue to rejoice in his God. May we have a heart and devotion for the Lord our God as David did. May we love him passionately, zealously, with fervency as David did. May we we pursue him with the great desire that David did. Matthew Henry wrote, according this for this psalm, Blessed Lord, let our desire towards thee increase every hour. Let our love be always upon thee. Let our enjoyment be in thee and all our satisfaction from thee. Be thou all in all to us while we remain in this present wilderness state and bring us home to the everlasting enjoyment of thee forever. Amen. Amen.